there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. I am Jordan Hall, and I am thrilled to be joined by the wonderful Brooke Destra. Brooke, hockey is back. Woo! Hockey is back. The Flyers open training camp bright and early Thursday. Their first preseason game is on Monday. So the guys will be back on the ice, and there's another season to look forward to. So for this rebuilding team, we're going to look at three storylines, Brooke, going into training camp from three to one. I know a rebuild maybe isn't the most exciting thing, but there's still plenty of intrigue. I think every season always is interesting, good or bad. So let's look at those storylines. Brooke, I'll start with you. Your third storyline to watch going into training camp. What is it? Yeah, well, first of all, I kind of feel like, well, this is my favorite time of the year for a plethora of reasons. But when you know, like you can sense that you're coming back to the rink, you're just like, ooh, like it's time, like you're ready. I don't care if it's a rebuild or or not. It's just, you know, it's a fresh season. It's fresh perspectives. It's new players. It's new faces, especially going into this season. So I think that we really do have a lot to look forward to, even in a rebuild year. Um, and I just feel like we're finally like over the hump. Like I feel like that August, early September is the worst when you are getting ready for hockey season. Like at one point you're like, all right, like I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. And we still have so much time left. So it's such a relief um, to be, we'll be back at um, the skate zone in Voorhees getting geared up for the season. So that alone, I'm very excited for, but Instead of my ramble, let's dive into my storyline. <laughs> it was a good ramble. Thank you. Yes. Thank no, you. No, August really did drag, right? And it really it, did. It, it does feel like month. it's finally here. And before you know it, every day there's going to be something happening with the Flyers or hockey-related um, things. So that's exciting. Yeah, I'm. I am geared up. I'm. Re- I'm really excited. Um, which is some again something odd to say with a rebuild, but I don't yeah. care. I'm gonna say it. I'm excited. Lots of changes are happening in a good way. La di da. Brooke is team rebuild. You heard it here, team rebuild. And yeah. she's gonna get into that. I know that. Yeah. Woohoo. Okay. <laughs> so um, number three. I actually did. I know that I always joke that all of my like numbers are can go anyway but I really do feel like I could do three two one today so I'm really proud of myself (laughs) um so this one I think a lot of eyes are going to be on this storyline it's just really the return of Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson um being back with the team being back 
in the environment. I know that they have been, you know, obviously off-season training, but going from a whole season of not playing to jumping right into things. And you know how John Tortorella runs camp. It's skating, it's hard, it's aggressive, it's very physically draining. Um, and it's really going to see, you're, you're going to be able to gain some sort of perspective of how prepared they're going to be to jump into the season. I'm glad that we have about a month's time before um, the regular season really does kick off, but being at that team's pace, having all of these elements kind of added back in after, you know, not playing for a whole season, it's going to be interesting and you want them to kind of jump right out and be the players that you remember them, but it's going to take some time. Um, But just having their faces on the ice in the locker room, you know, they're great media guys, which is great <laughs> for us. Um, but yeah, just, just having them back overall and seeing how, you know, they kind of implement themselves back into this entire like regimen with the team. I'm really excited and I'm really happy that they're back. So I think that a lot of eyes are going to be on them. Yeah, Brooke, I had the same exact one for number three. Sean Gatorier, Cam Atkinson being back. Always in sync, Jordan Hall. Always in sync. Always in great sync. minds think alike, and we are great minds, Brooke. Um, yes, Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson, without a doubt. Uh, when I was over there at Flyers Training Center the other day for rookie camp, the big club guys were scrimmaging, and there's a ton of guys on the ice for that thing. You know, it's everyone in camp. And the first thing I thought of was, is Couturier and Atkinson out there? So mm-hmm. that's a big storyline. They were both out there. Cam Atkinson feels like himself again. So does Sean Couturier. But the thing I'm really intrigued by, Brooke, and we'll be watching closely is them in preseason games. They haven't played yeah. games in a while. Atkinson missed all of last season. Couturier, come the season opener, will be uh, he will have not played a game in like 22 months. So I'm really interested to just watch them in preseason games, see how their body reacts to it, how they feel the next day, uh, and really how they look. How quickly can they get acclimated to game game like style? It's Really tough to simulate game action and practice no matter how, how hard you skate. Uh, you really just got to get into games and get into game shape through playing. So uh, without a doubt, those two guys are big storylines because, Brooke, I think if those two are healthy and looking like themselves again, whenever that may be, the Flyers are going to get – they're going to be better. They're going to be better than – Oh, people yeah. Playing. Those two guys are established players. Atkinson was a 40-plus goal scorer at one point in his career – Couturier has scored 30-plus goals twice. He's a Selkie Trophy winner. I mean, the Flyers will be better than what people think if those two are healthy. And, you know, that could be notable for the rebuild. It could speed things up a little bit, don't you think? Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it, you're, it's, it's really interesting based off of how they do play because I think that their performance and how season-ready they are plays a lot into – what the lineups may look like because you know you really do you hear those names Sean Gatorier and Cam Atkinson and you're like okay you see them on the top two lines you know respectively but you know based off of how they look these next come these next few weeks the lineups may look really different than what a lot of people anticipate um going into the season and of course things can change over time but it's it's really something interesting to to be looking at. And I feel like I touched on this once in the podcast, but I'm going to hit on it again. People really don't realize 
what a significant blow it was last season to not have either of them mm-hmm. on the ice at all. So like you said, having them back in any capacity is really going to help kind of propel this rebuild forward um, maybe a little faster than what a lot of people had anticipated, um, which is, you know, obviously good. You don't want to be sitting here and you're like, all right, here we go again. We're two to three years away from being two to three years away to being two to three years away. Tale as old as time, you know, death taxes and flyers rebuild. You know, you don't want that. <laughs> um, so, you know, hopefully things do speed up and it's going to be great having them back in that environment as a whole and so huge for a lot of um, the prospects and the younger guys too. Yeah, and from the human element of it, it's just nice to see them out there. They're they're good guys. They they've worked hard throughout their career. I think they deserve to be on the ice. Um, so it's it's nice to see them on the ice, smiling, feeling good again. And I think if they do experience any health hiccups throughout the year, the Flyers will take a serious step back. I think that's what happened in the off season was they lost a lot of big names, veteran guys, Kevin Hayes, Tony D'Angelo, Ivan Provorov, uh, Justin Braun retired. So. They are getting younger right now, and if you lose those two guys at some point, I think the Flyers will take a real step back in this rebuild. Uh, But we'll see where it goes and how their bodies respond uh, in camp and in the preseason and in the regular season, whenever that when that does come. Catch all the sports action and more at Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Whether it's the money line or the pass line, there's something for everyone, including a great sports book. Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Philly loves a winner. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Brooks, second storyline in your eyes. What are you looking for? Yeah, so again, I feel like this is, I feel like all all of my storylines are kind of stating the obvious, but that, you know, everybody's going to be talking about them, so let's talk about them. Backup goaltender. (laughs) Where is that going to go this season? You kind of have the full expectation that, you know, you're rolling with Carter Hart. That's the vibe. Hooray. Hurrah. We have our goalie. But the last thing I want is to kind of have this fear of kind of having this carousel of backup goaltenders again. So I'm really interested to see. um, There's five other goaltenders aside from Carter Hart that were invited into camp. And two very familiar names with Felix Sandstrom and Samuel Arison. Um, we have Cal Peterson coming in, which he was acquired from the, th- the three-team trade that moved Ivan Provorov to Columbus. Um, we have Nolan Meyer, who was a camp invite, who's still kind of in the organization. He's more of a running ECHL, uh, um, ECHL player. There we go. Um, but he did have a little stint in Lehigh Valley last season. And then we have the newest draft pick with Carson Bjarnason, um, who was drafted in the second round this past draft. So lots of very interesting elements. Again, I I feel like I I hate being that person, but I just don't think that Felix Sandstrom is going to be it. So I think that there's, there's rightful competition there that you see with um, probably Erickson and Peterson. Um, But you, you don't really know, but you just, Hart's had his fair share of, you know, minor stinted injuries throughout the past few seasons. And you want to be able to have somebody reliable 
in net. So I think that there's going to be some healthy competition there. Yeah, definitely a competition to watch for sure. It feels like it could go many ways, as you mentioned, Brooke. To me, it looks like Cal Peterson is the front runner just naturally because of his experience, because of his contract. Um, but you got to think Samuel Arison's really going to push. I mean, John Tortorella really liked him during the year whenever he was up. And Arison opened some eyes, they, and they signed him to that extension this mm-hmm. summer. So it seems like the organization is high on him, believes he can compete. They want him around. They want him around. Yeah. Um, but I wonder if in a in a perfect world, perhaps Peterson is healthy and good to go, and he's that that backup because he's got the games of experience at the NHL level. And Arison once again is really the guy in Lehigh Valley. Let him go and be the number one. Uh, play really well for that team and and be ready to go and when things happen because as you mentioned, Brooke, injuries do happen. Carter Hart has dealt with a number of injuries, little nagging things. And uh, yeah, as we've seen not long ago, I think it was 2018-19, the Flyers played eight goalies in one season. So the carousel uh, yeah, of goaltenders. That was terrifying. Really yep. <laughs> happened in that. Uh, it's, it's, it's a weird position. Injuries happen. Uh, so I think Arison's going to be ready to go. And Brooke, I'm with you. It looks like Arison has leapfrogged Felix Sandstrom to me in the organizational depth chart. But uh, still a guy that's worth watching. And, and Carson Bjarnason, a young guy that – um, I think the organization's high on thinks there's potential there. So maybe we'll see if he get if he gets a game before he heads back to his junior team. It, it should all be fun to watch. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just think I always laugh when I talk about goaltenders because I just think you have to be an absolute psychopath to want to be a goalie because <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's it's like one of the most intense positions across the board in all of sports. Yeah. I don't I don't care what you say. It's insane. Um but psychopathic in a good way, like obviously, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying they're crazy, but they're crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think th- there'll be good, healthy competition. And regardless of where everybody starts, you know, there's obviously the end goal. Everybody in this organization, even outside of, you know, the goalies know that they're in this rebuild and it's going to take some time and you're probably going to shuffle around a lot of different players throughout the season. If things aren't working, you know, throw, throw the pasta at the wall and see what sticks, you know? Um. <laughs> no, it, it, it's always the goalies in Philadelphia, right? It's always goaltending in Philadelphia. Always. So always. without a doubt, that is a storyline to watch come training camp uh, on Thursday and throughout the preseason, which goalies get games, how they fare, uh, as we saw, Samuel Arison played really well in the preseason last year, and that's just, that really won people over. I think it opened John Tortorella's eyes uh, and really had people thinking, whoa, Arison looks healthy and could be a really good goalie this season. And he had turned out to have a really good year for Lehigh and saw games with the Flyers. So we can see where that goes for sure. Brooke, for me, number two, I'm looking at Emil Andre, and can, okay. he, can he work his way into the defensive picture? I think everyone is very high on him. Uh diminutive defenseman, smaller guy, but competes his tail off, very good offensively, and he's played at the highest pro level in Sweden for a couple years. He shined at the World Juniors in 2022, and he's looking like he could be a piece to their rebuild on the back end. And I think a lot of people in-house want to see him with some NHL players, but the Flyers got some veterans in the offseason on defense. Mark Stahl, Sean Walker, uh, they have Nick Sealer. Of course, um, we, we know they have Cam York, Ristolainen, Sandheim. 
and Igor Zamula is no longer waivers exempt. So Andre's really going to have to open eyes and win a job. I think he's going to have to literally force the hand of the Flyers front office and coaching staff. But a lot of people think he could do that. So I really think a lot of eyes should be on him, how he fares in the preseason games. Does he look like he belongs? And can he make the Flyers have to make a tough decision? My gut tells me, Brooke, that he's going to maybe open in Lehigh Valley, get some games down there. He only has, a, I think, 10 or 13 games, 10, 10 games with the Phantoms, three playoff games with the Phantoms under his belt. So maybe they get him down to the Phantoms, have him play some AHL games, and uh, and then see if he can get his NHL debut later in the year. But where do you think that could go? Yeah, so he is – Genuinely one of the prospects going into camp that I am so excited to finally see in person. Um, Yeah. So that, that aside, like you said, there's, there's a lot of high expectations when it comes to Andre and I do agree. I do think that he starts off in Lehigh. Um, Like you said though, just to kind of really get accustomed to playing, getting more um, implemented within the organization as a whole, getting used to how the systems run. And I think that he would benefit having some more time under Ian LaPerriere. Um, I think Lappy's taken leaps and bounds um, when it comes to seeing how he's evaluated the prospects and the younger players within the organization the past few seasons. And I think that you kind of owe him a lot of credit to that. And I don't think that he's gotten that recognition as of late. Um, And I just think that maybe, you know, a couple more games with Lehigh would be really beneficial for him just because, you know, it's, it's all so new. (laughs) It's crazy when you're coming and switching leagues in different countries, you know, just getting more familiarized with every single aspect is going to help him more than, I think people realize so, but in just terms of camp, I'm so excited to finally be able to watch him in person. So it's, he'll, he'll be, he'll be really, he'll be really, really fun to watch his career kind of begin and take off. Yeah. I feel like he's been a guy of intrigue because as you mentioned, Brooke, we haven't seen him in person a ton, you know, playing in Sweden, uh, throughout his development as a prospect, obviously makes it tough for fans over here, reporters over here to watch him, to see him. So now you actually have him in North America, and you're going to be watching him live and, and and really for the first time or the first couple of times. So everyone was excited to see him in the rookie game on Saturday. He looked like a guy that's been playing pro hockey for a while, yeah. and now we get a chance to watch him with the big boys in camp and kind of see where he uh, stacks up among the rest. Brooke, your first storyline, your biggest storyline, who, who are you taking? Or yes. You taking? <laughs> so it's it's a pretty good segue from Andre to my number one. Um, I want to see the prospects in general kind of recover from what we saw from the rookie game. Not that it was, you know, super doom, gloom, disappointing, but – I think that, and and you had mentioned this um, in something that you had written for the website for NBC Sports Philly, that it got a lot of wake-up calls for some of those top names. And 
you kind of felt like it was a really underwhelming performance in terms of the rookie camp. And I'm really just hoping in general, you just see (laughs) the prospects as a whole kind of, you know, have that little like light, like light the fire under them, be like, I need to do better. I need to be better. You know, we're facing off against other prospects, you know, the New York Rangers farm system and, you know, now we're going to be with the big guys like that, that they're well-established in the organization within the league. And we need to make our names known that like, we want to be here too. I think one of my favorite elements of watching the rookie games is really seeing certain players look like they don't belong in a good way. Like they look too advanced. They look like they're, they're, three to four steps ahead of every other player, every other game, every other play. And I really feel like for the most part, Emil Andre really set that bar. And I would like to see, you know, like Tyson Forrester and and Bobby Brink and everybody else kind of really elevate that and just bring a whole new level to training camp as opposed to rookie camp. So we can look at them and be like, well, where the, where the heck was this two weeks ago? Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah, there seemed to be some debate about rookie games and how much they matter. How important are they? Say what you want about rookie games, but it's a game of prospects and you want to see your top prospects stand out. It's just that's just the nature of it. Noah Cates last year looked like he didn't even belong in the rookie games. And what happened? He won a job out of training camp and he played all 82 games for the Flyers as a rookie. So, yeah, it was definitely a little underwhelming to not see Forrester, who many people view as like a top 50 prospect in the NHL, not score, not record a point and kind of blend in. Is it going to ruin his camp or his chances? No. Can he rebound from it in his career? Yes. (laughs) The rookie game is not going to derail his career. No. It would have been nice to see him perform a little bit better. And I think that's why LaPerriere came out and said he was disappointed that these guys are pushing for – the big team and they weren't able to produce in a couple of rookie games. And that had the Flyers' entire front office there. Their, you know, their coaching staff was there. Tortorella was there on Friday night. If you watched it on TV Saturday night, I saw a number of the Flyers' assistant coaches. We saw the front office, Keith Jones, Dan Hilferty. I mean, people were watching these games. And yeah. uh, I think that's why LaPerriere was disappointed. He wanted his guys, these guys that he had been praising – he wanted to see them stand out a little bit more. So right. yeah, I think that's a huge storyline, right? To see how these prospects rebound and does it kind of, is it kind of a kick in the butt for them come camp? Uh, yeah. I, I feel like it's, while it's a, a super generalized storyline, yeah. it's they're the future of the organization. So yeah. yes, it takes the number one priority for me. No, I'm not going to harp on one specific prospect because I was a little underwhelmed at the rookie game. So I really hope that, you know, starting tomorrow when camp starts on Thursday, you just see certain players and prospects step up and rise to the occasion instead of, you know, kind of crumbling under the pressure of, you know, kind of falling short on the rookie game, which I don't think that that's going to happen. I genuinely don't. Um, It could be nerves. It could be a, a plethora of things, but um it'll just be really fun to see. And then mixing them in with the the big guys there. It's always, it's always so fun to see how chemistry kind of unravels and it's, you know, expect the unexpected with training camp. You really don't know what to expect, especially going into this, whatever this season is going to be. 
which is it's a rebuild it's yeah. a rebuild but you just you know set the bar on the floor and you won't be disappointed <laughs> Brooke, as you said it's a re- it's a rebuild so what makes a rebuild intriguing is prospects i mean that's the future the flowers keep harping on the future and their youth and how they want to get younger and how they feel they're getting younger through the draft well tyson forrester is one of their top prospects so Absolutely big storyline. Brooke, he's my number one storyline. Can he make the roster and can he make the opening night lineup? I think he's got a real fighter's chance. I think a lot of people in the organization want to see him there. Ian mm-hmm. LaPerriere said before rookie camp that he doesn't expect to see Forrester in Lehigh Valley. And LaPerriere said that last year about Noah Cates. He turned out to be right. Yeah. We'll see if he's right about Forrester. Uh, he really opened the eyes of John Tortorella last year in that eight-game audition. And he's going to have to push someone out. I think, you know, can he one make the roster and then two to make the lineup? I think he's going to have to maybe force Wade Allison into being an extra forward or maybe one of the veteran forwards, an extra forward. That's kind of where he stands. I don't think the Flyers want him to make the roster, but be a potential extra. Obviously like they want their kids playing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of twofold. Can he make the roster, which I think he's got a nice shot to, if he, he scores some goals and stay. But they're not they're not gonna have him sitting on that bench. They, they would have rather have him in Lehigh. Exactly. So yep. who can he unseat in the lineup? I think will be a massive storyline too. Really worth watching because Wade Allison's gonna be working hard and wanting to show what he can do. Uh so the competition's there, and that's exciting. I think that's what camp's all about is pro- prospects pushing some of the more established guys and and seeing how it unfolds. So Tyson Forrester for me really one of the biggest storylines, if not the biggest uh, in this training camp, Brooke. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a camp like, like we've stressed really for the past 10 minutes now, everything you got eyes on the prospects. You really do. Um, it really kind of spearheads how quickly this kind of rebuild is going to take place. Yes. It's great that we have the veterans and Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson coming back, but if the farm system isn't living up to the expectations that you set in the beginning of this rebuild, you kind of are in this weird limbo that you do not want to be a part of. Like you want to build. It's a rebuild, not float through the weird middle ground. I don't want that. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. It'll be exciting. I just think it'll be, I think it's really telling to see that you kind of, notice that the fans have really taken to this new era of orange. I look back to, um, what was it? Rookie camp um, right after the draft. And I haven't seen um, the skate zone look like that in a very long time. It was packed with fans. And I just think that that was a really great nod to everybody notices that change is happening now and they believe it and they believe in the team in the front office in the organization and it'll be really exciting to see what the outcome is you know with fans as camp does begin you know i i just think it's again while it is a rebuild and the expectations are really low at the same time they're not and i think that fans are really going to enjoy the season more than they think. And I'll leave it at that. 
Yeah, it's it seems like Keith Jones and Danny Barrera have pressed a lot of the right buttons so far. They're really valuing the fans and and doing a lot of good things to, I think, win back some fans. But to me, the offseason is also very much the honeymoon stage. They haven't played a game oh, yeah. yet. They haven't made a decision yet. They haven't lost a game yet. They haven't won a game yet. Um, these were a few beloved former Flyers. Keith Jones held in high regard among the fans and people within the organization. Same with Danny Briere. So very much the honeymoon stage for those two. Uh, but I think things will start to ramp up and they'll start to feel the heat a little bit from fans. Yeah. When maybe something doesn't go well. How do they react to it? It's all going to be worth watching. I think it's really going to be an interesting season because there's so much newness to it. And um, and the rebuild is pretty daunting. It's see where it goes. How quickly can it pick up or does it take a step back? All worth watching. Uh, here this season and we'll have it all covered Brooke on yes, the we will. talk podcast Brooke Desher thank you so much as always great seeing you great chatting with you can't wait to read your work on the website and have you on the podcast so much more as training camp picks up a big thank you to Ben Berry our podcast producer and guru for always being flexible with our time and Flyers fans of course as always thank you so much for listening to the latest Flyers talk podcast wherever you get your podcast please rate and listen and we can't wait to talk to you next time.